From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday, April 25th. Good afternoon. Today we'll be discussing some of the biggest news stories, including two major elections in Europe and the latest developments in Ukraine. We'll also be answering today's big question. Why are the British Conservatives being accused of misogyny in the Rainer scandal? As well as talking to Le Mans' Eric Albert about the French election. Before that though, let's understand what happened in yesterday's election. In the end, Emmanuel Macron was re-elected as President of France, the first incumbent president to win a second term in 20 years. Ultimately though, Macron comfortably beat his far-right rival, Marine Le Pen, with 58.5% of the vote to her 41.5%. However, this does represent the largest vote share for the far-right party in French history, and was closer than when the two went head-to-head in 2017. It's worth noting though that the voter abstention rate was the highest it's been in 50 years, at 28%. Regardless, at his victory speech, Macron acknowledged that many voted for him, quote, not to support my ideas, but to stop the ideas of the far right, and ultimately vowed to be the president for everyone. Le Pen has conceded defeat, but said that her score was a shining victory in itself, and told her supporters to look ahead to the great battle of the June legislative elections. And that's what she tried to say yesterday. She tried to say, you know, this is not... Uh, a defeat. This is the highest we've ever uh, done, which is which is correct. Mm-hmm. It's still a defeat, of course. Yeah. Uh, why has she widened her appeal? Two things. She managed to really soften her far right positions. And the other thing that happened is there was another far right candidate, Eric Zemmour. Mm-hmm. Just by perspective, she became less extreme because there was someone saying really more extreme things. Left-wing candidate Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who came in a close third in the first round vote, hailed Le Pen's defeat and also set his sights on the legislative elections, with him likely playing a key role in determining if Macron's party are able to snatch the parliament along with the presidency. What Mélenchon on the left is saying is, please French people, okay, you didn't uh, elect me as president, but please elect me as prime minister, because if Mm -hmm. you win the parliamentary election, you can have the government and therefore be prime minister. So it's far from a foregone conclusion that Macron will be able to run the country efficiently if he does not win the election. It's far from a foregone conclusion that he will win the parliamentary election. If you want to watch the full interview with Le Mans' Eric Albert, then you can watch that over on Nebula. If you want to sign up, it's linked down below, but we'll explain how at the end of the video. Anyway, over in Slovenia, the electorate also headed to the polls, with voters in the country delivering a surprising victory for a new left-leaning environmentalist party, the Freedom Movement, and unseating their three-time Conservative Prime Minister. The Freedom Movement, led by businessman Robert Golob, was founded just months ago, but they were able to win 34% of the vote in this election, translating to 41 seats in the 90-seat National Assembly and they are going to be able to secure a majority thanks to bringing in smaller centre-left parties. And that's good news for many, because the outgoing right-wing prime minister has been accused of overseeing democratic backsliding in the country in a similar manner to his Hungarian ally Viktor Orban, 
and has even come under the scrutiny of the EU for this. Golob, who will be the country's new prime minister, has promised to restore normality and said that the victory will enable us to take the country back to freedom. But with no governmental experience, the freedom movement won't have an easy job. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your everyday routine. Or you can just search for us in your podcast app to listen along. Up next, the US Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin made an unannounced visit to Kiev on Sunday in what was the highest level American visit to Ukraine since Russia invaded in February. Blinken and Austin met with Ukraine's President Zelensky, as well as his Foreign Minister, Defense Minister and Interior Minister for a 90-minute bilateral meeting. Secretary Blinken told reporters in Poland on Monday that Russia had already failed its principal aim of totally subjugating Ukraine, and added that US diplomats would return to Ukraine later this week. Blinken also went on to say that we don't know how the rest of this war will unfold, but we do know that a sovereign, independent Ukraine will be around a lot longer than Vladimir Putin is on the scene. Staying with the conflict, it's been reported today that a Russian oil depot in Drusba has been set alight and continues to rage following a suspected Ukrainian missile strike. There haven't been any reports yet of deaths or injuries, and it's also not yet been confirmed that the fire was the result of a strike, but it would be a natural target for Ukraine. The facility itself is being used to transport Russian oil to Europe, as well as being used as an administrative centre for the region, and the site is owned by a state-controlled Russian oil company. While this obviously doesn't look good for the Russians, they claim that there's no need to evacuate the 400,000 people who live in the nearby city, but this could be a further development that brings on a new phase of this war. Finally though, it seems today that we might be getting ever closer to Twitter being in the hands of billionaire Elon Musk. While he put in an offer to purchase the company a few weeks ago, not much has really come out of the ensuing negotiations but an anonymous source close to Twitter has now claimed that a deal is closer than ever, with an agreement being made on financing, with Musk proposing to pay $54.20 a share. It's been suggested that Musk would pull this money together via $13 billion in debt financing, a $12.5 billion loan against Tesla stock, and a $12 billion loan in equity financing. It's broadly expected that if Musk does take control of Twitter, then he try and make the platform more pro-free speech, with him saying that it needs to make improvements to its products and its services. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want more, including the answer to today's big question, why are the British Conservatives and media being accused of misogyny in the Angela Rayner scandal, as well as our full interview with Le Mans' Eric Albert, then you should check out the extended version of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also get an extended version of the show every single weekday. Available to watch on Nebula or to stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get an even more extensive briefing every day, then you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service with some of the world's best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, 
And, well, it's always ad-free too. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.